Welcome, welcome everyone in to Like Trees Walking. The podcast where we answer the question, do you like to party? <laughs> oh man. Wow, is this your new thing to come right into the podcast and just smash it to bits before it even gets off the ground? <laughs> my uh, friend of mine used to joke always about people who would like ask the question, like, wh- like, you party? <laughs> yes. Do like, you party? Do I love you that. party? It's- <laughs> it's one of the great questions, existential questions. I will only answer that if you phrase it correctly in do you have parties or have you attended parties or will you attend parties in the future? <laughs> Otherwise, that chromatically incorrect thing doesn't wash. You party? Right? It basically means like want to do some drugs with me. I know. We, but, pa- hey. we do not party here <laughs> at Like Trees Walking. No, you know what we do? We party with ideas, man. <laughs> With the biggest ideas. <laughs> it's an idea party. If we smoke anything, it's philosophical concepts. It's uh, theology, man. See, you brought, you brought this you, up. You can't blame me. You're looking at me like, how dare you? But this is actually you. This is the pastor, Pastor Dave Berge. I'm sorry. Yes, and with... And I'm Mike Nelson. And this is the podcast where, indeed, we do talk about the big concepts of life, philosophy, theology, uh, theosophy, uh, (laughs) culture, metaphysics, mystics, crystals, whatever. Yes. All right? We got it. We do it from a Christian perspective, but we welcome all to listen, people from all points of view, and maybe we'll all learn a little bit and expand our minds without those filthy weeds and drugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite at like in the arcade you know you'd go to back in the day and there'd be like the, the excuse me um <laughs> that's okay yeah, we, i'm drinking a ginger ale we don't have we don't have cough buttons here we should point <laughs> that's that really bad so anyways but it would have like the you know like the d you'd be like playing like pac-man and then or something more advanced to that and then it'd be like the dea logo would come down and be like winners don't do drugs and it's like what 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 <laughs> Yes, so we are going to talk about a big topic today, and then, as promised, as teased in our last episode, we have uh, sort of a, a one-off segment where yeah. we're going to talk about um, uh, another podcast that I am involved with and uh, and the, the source material for it, because uh, Pastor Dave is familiar with the source material. I'm a fan of the pod, and uh, Mike's stepping out on this podcast with another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how does that work? I don't, did, did we sign a... a not, not a non You're cannibalizing our audience, Mike. No, they're extremely, <laughs> extremely different uh, audiences. Yes, but we'll explain that, and that'll be a little, a little fun treat in the second half once we've explored this big topic. And I will kick it off, and we will dialogue about this, Pastor. Is that fair? That, I think, is a fair characterization of what is going to occur, (laughs) hopefully. All right, the rules are set. You will not claim that I ambushed you. You are ready to talk about this. I brought. (laughs) Okay. He seems dubious. He seems much more interested in his ginger ale at this point. Let's be honest. It's it's hitting the spot. It is good. Uh, Here's the topic. I just thought of this yesterday. I mean, I've thought of it before, but I raised it to the pastor and he said, let's do it. Let's do a podcast. Uh, The thought is this. I've heard this used as a pejorative before of the revelation, that is God revealing himself uh, through, I'm strictly talking about through the Christian Bible that we now have. So the uh, the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament combined. This is the revelation of God as we understand it. And uh, the most famous example maybe in recent history of 
this objection would be from Christopher Hitchens, who would often say in his, he had a well, a well uh, uh, oiled uh, peroration where he would you know, list the crimes of, of Christianity, but he would start by saying, like, why should I follow the edicts of some, some ancient desert religion? Uh, some Palestinian uh, shepherds came up with this thing, and why should I follow that? And so the pejorative being um, that, for some reason, we shouldn't listen to the revelation because it occurred in ancient Palestine at this particular time. And uh, that objection strikes me as odd. Why does that strike you? It would be like I, uh, Middle Eastern goat herders or something like that. Right. So, right. yeah, Mike, why does that strike you as odd? It strikes me as odd because I want to say back to that person, which would you prefer? What, what, how would you prefer that God reveal himself? Um, like, what age would be the best age for him to have revealed himself? What exact date? Do you have a date in mind? Do you have a particular day? And then do you have a people in mind? Or do you have a person one person, you know what I mean? Like Ongoing, you, so yeah. yeah. Or, or could the revelation, instead of being revealed to them in this particular time and place, could it happen daily by by announcements? And then would you be ready to believe? I mean, what 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 do I have to overcome? In other words, to to overcome this objection. So that's what I would say to the person back to them. Give me the perfect example of how it would work, and maybe that will reveal something about the flaw in God having revealed Himself. In this particular, so time what do you and think? That, what is the what is the answer? So you know, like you want uh, this isn't good enough for you. So tell me what is good enough for you. What do you think, Christopher Hitch would say? I, you know, or, or someone like that would they say? Well, basically, like I want if God is going to prove that He's real, then He needs to. I think a either like just sort of be like a television, you know, like CNN in the airport, like sort of always, <laughs> always <laughs> on and and available. So where you just want to go over there and look, or it would be like a, no. When I sort of like say like God. Like, you know, I clap my hands, God shows up, says, yep, I'm real, don't worry about it, boom, and then, you know, kind of on demand, or whatever, um, would be maybe another another thought. Like, if God is real, it should be so overwhelmingly obvious and evident that it's accessible to every single person at every moment of their life. Yeah, I think that that is what they would say. But But I want them to get specific about it, like you just said. Do you want it on, like, how would that, how should... He, it, she appear to you, them. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> well, let's stick to the Christian. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, stick yeah, to the yeah. Christian revelation. God, as we understand uh, Him, to be the 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 omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient power who created the universe, brought everything into existence. How then would you prefer to have it? And and I guess it would be, I don't know. A, a constant? Why well, you wouldn't want it constantly? Would that would be pretty annoying, right? It would be annoying. I mean, you brought up the CNN thing. That is one of my. That drives me up a wall when they are cranking CNN at an airport. That to me feels more like some dystopian future. It, than it's anything like hell. That I it's literally across. like hell. When you look up, and I swear, I swear, Wolf Blitzer is always the one who's on when I am <laughs> yes. in the airport. Like it, it's like. <laughs> It's like Wolf Blitzer talking heading to me for for four hours, really loudly. Often, God. I think they, that that's been reversed a little bit in my experience in recent years, where it's not always CNN. It used to be always CNN. Now sometimes there'll be other channels. But, I can't think of any other station. But I, I hate them all. I don't like to have that kind of. T- I just, it, to me, it's fingernails on a chalkboard. 
So that revelation wouldn't work for me. So would it have to be like an individual tailored revelation of God for every person where you would have to I think to suit it? your tastes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's very important. So what this question I gets at is uh, is a couple things. One is the sort of it tells you more about the person that, that yes. than the God that they're purporting not to believe in or whatever. And it raises questions about like what how God reveals himself says a lot about who this God is, you know? Yeah. And so the standard whereby you're saying, I want God to do this versus, well, this is how, you know, we're taking this from the Christian perspective. Well, this is how God has chosen to reveal himself. And so then what does that tell us about the character of this particular God and why God did it in this way? This, this is why God did this. And so um, I think the objection is like they're looking for a different kind of God than the one mm-hmm. who we think actually exists. And so why did God, you know, when Christians talk about God's self-revelation, mainly our, the main thing we're pointing to, the central thing we're pointing to around which the rest of it turns is Jesus. Okay, so why did God choose to reveal himself in this person? Well, that leads to this whole story about who he was in his unique person and mm-hmm. what he did living in at that unique time and to the very specifics of history at that moment. So it's not a randomly, you know, a random accident or whatever. Yeah. It says in the scripture, at the fullness of time, you know, at the right moment, this exact moment, there was something going on in the history of the ancient Israelites and uh, uh, the Roman Empire. You know, there was something going on that at that moment, it had to happen in in that way. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus was just some sort of universal figure abstracted from history, it would be a very, very, very different God that we're talking about, a very different faith religion that we're talking about. And so God chose it for this reason, through this person for this reason, and chose to continue this ongoing revelation for a specific purpose. Right. And so I guess a a response, since you asked me what would my response be to this person, I guess it would be, I'm glad you asked, do you have a couple of hours or more? (laughs) (laughs) Why did he choose to do it now at this point? Like what? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Here you go. I yeah. mean, you know, that exactly because it reveals who he is. You know, why did uh, you know, Chuck Smith uh choose to reveal himself to us in the third grade when Chuck Smith appeared in the third grade? I because that's Chuck Smith. <laughs> that's who he is. And wh- where would you rather if you were going to believe in Chuck Smith, would you rather have him exist, you know, 300 years in the future, and then it's Chuck Smith? Yes. The question, in other words, is sort of nonsensical, and and to me is a weird objection to it. Um, But I understand how people are trying to diminish it. Like, is there some great—another aspect of it, meaning, is there a greater point in history where the impact could have been made? Like, you know, New York City in present time, like Superman or something, you know? Yeah. Like a Marvel movie comes down and, like— bangs his hammer in the middle of Manhattan, you know, right? And then people would go, oh, see, now that's a little clearer. It's a little foggy with that whole, you know, in the desert years ago. But if you uh, if you, you bang your hammer now, I'm on board. I mean, I don't think people are really saying that, but that's kind of what the objection is trying to start. Or, you know, we're in a, in, a, in a more skeptical age or a less credulous age. And so if we had, although I don't think that's actually true, but, you know, we're in a less credulous age. And so... Um, you know, we will, uh, if we could videotape, you know, or I see making all these claims of a miracle, you know, oh, if we could yeah. like videotape, if we could see a videotape of it, we would like totally 
believe in it. Right. And like just be like, on the, board. like the moon landing. Everyone would, <laughs> <laughs> would 100% be on board. Or, you know, Stevie Wonder being blind, actually. There's, you know, there's Stevie <laughs> yeah. Wonder truthers, Mike? No. Yes. Oh, wow. It's sort of a joke, one, but I... like also sick, I think. Wow. That one. I... Like he's not actually blind. There's another one. This is uh, uh, this is down the rabbit hole. I love. We could do this all day, but um, uh, Stephen King shot John Lennon. It's a serious thing. And there's a there's a guy who's been flogging this, <laughs> and he's beginning to get adherence. And he, he writes seriously. A, yeah, yeah. He writes a magazine, and he I think he's a Florida man. You know the famous. Oh, the famous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he appears oh, yeah. before like town councils in Florida and gets actual time because they have to sort of gavel him into the record, and then he reads and he shows pictures and stuff showing. And I think it's kind of based on the fact that uh, who shot John Lennon? What was his name? John Hinckley? No, John Hinckley. Was John Reagan. Hinckley was Reagan. Reagan. Um, I don't. Mark David Chapman. Okay. He he, kind of look. He wears glasses that Stephen King once wore. I think that's the basis. For the they kind of kind like of have similar glasses. Back in the day, they looked alike. Anyway, the point being, uh, yeah, to to any revelation in modern times would be subject to obviously the same skepticism, conspiracy theories, and would not be. I, I think everyone, if you fairly look at it, you would have to admit this would not be treated. No, it wouldn't. I, no, it wouldn't be treated any it differently. Would be treated with the same skepticism. It reminds me of this uh, parable that Jesus told. Um, it, uh, I think it's in Luke, but it's it's of uh, of the poor man Lazarus and the Lat Divas, which is like the Latin for a rich person, basically. Mm-hmm. And so there's this guy Divas. He's in hell, you know, being uh, being tortured, mm-hmm. and he's like, and he sees. Uh, the and so Divas had been rich in his life, like he had had everything he wanted, and there was this poor, you know, leprous covered in sores, dogs licking his sores, Lazarus. I mean, just the the absolute picture of the wor- most pathetic wretch of a human being you could ever see. But then, in you know, they die, they both die, and in the next, you know, in the afterlife, their positions are totally reversed. And so Lazarus is, you know, in heaven, and Divas is in hell, and he says, and heaven is pictured in the bosom of Abraham, the patriarch of the jewish people and so lazarus is there and devious says, abraham father is like let me go back and tell my brothers you know what's going on so that they will change the way that they they believe and live their lives let and, me be a scrooge ghost to them exactly <laughs> yeah. let me go back and warn them so they can avoid my fate and uh and abraham's answer is like listen if they wouldn't listen to moses and the prophets they're not going to listen to you yeah, you know, right. and and so um, Jesus's point, and and so the church's point is like, well, if you're not going to like listen to what we already have, you know, we have yeah. this wonderful record and witness to revelation that continues in this community called the church and in individuals, uh, individual Christians. If you're not going to listen to them, this other stuff, I, I can say very commonly, you're not going to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's going to be a a lab test, a CSI. Uh... You know, dusting for prints of God, where they're going to go. Yep, we did it. We found him. Time to believe, everybody. Right, and and everyone's beyond, in. Beyond was already available. You know, <laughs> I mean, just the very sense of like the wonder of existence as a, as a yeah. testimony itself to the existence of a creator. Like that. You know, the the message is clear from a Christian perspective. Like, there's already a lot of evidence out there, if not for the specifics. Uh, of Jesus for the general sense of there there being a quote unquote higher power or God like like there's a lot of people who aren't even on board this but it's like the evidence is everywhere if you're willing to look for it but most of us are not willing to look for it 
Right. Yeah. Well, and not most of us, but many people aren't yeah. willing to look for it. And we talked before about that that level of evidence thing where like I find no convincing reason to believe and, and again, you're saying more about yourself than you're saying about And I think this objection or statement kind of dovetails with that. Like right. there's no standard of revelation that's gonna add up. Because there'll always be a what about Yeah, exactly. If uh there's the old saying God gave us ten thousand reasons to believe in him, we'd ask for ten thousand and one. And this is uh, exactly that. And then obviously would continue into infinity. Uh, all right. Well, that was good. Thank you for talking that through with me. Oh, it was fun. To, it was fun to talk through. Because um, I'm not sure I've ever heard, I probably have heard sort of formal rejections of that thing. But I, but, but don't you think, you've heard that objection before. I have heard it before. Or it's like, what, like, if God is real, why, why doesn't he... That why doesn't he do this thing I want him to do for me right now? I've definitely heard that one before. Right, right. But uh, unfortunately, if that happens, you get uh, Robin Williams as the genie, and then then you're stuck with that annoying guy. For Poof, the what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Poof. <laughs> Did they like to actually take his voice out of the video version? Oh, what's that? That's is like this another conspiracy? Yes, this is a Disney oh conspiracy gosh. theory. Yes. We have so many coming today. <laughs> that like <laughs> that they didn't want to pay him royalties for like the video or something like that. I did version. not know that. And so that they subbed his voice, like they put someone else overdubbing the genie's lines as the genie what? in the videotape version of Aladdin. No way. Yeah, I've heard this. But was he doing an impression of Robin Williams? And in that case, yes. there's no way that he, I, they could have got away really? with that. Then it's probably just a lie, but we'll perpetuate it. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm diving right into the subreddit right now. But real actual thing that was changed about Aladdin was they changed the lyrics to one of the first, like, um, the oh. first song in the movie. Yeah. Really? Because it had a disparaging reference to um, Arabian, uh, Arab culture, basically. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Um, where they cut off your hand if they don't like your face. That's it's true. barbaric, but hey, it's home. <laughs> that, that line was That's problematic. Right. I remember. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I heard that a million times. Since that was right in the wheelhouse of my children. So uh, that was the one that we had. Get this uh, and go ahead and get ready to laugh. We had that on Laserdisc. Whoa, <laughs> man. Hey, but so, when kids came over, they were just like, whoa. They pulled out this giant CD oh, yeah. record. And I think so those good. were They're so shiny cool. and cool. Yeah. You were cool. like the cool people. I was, yeah. Man. Yeah, we had like a big basement uh, theater. It wasn't, not, I'm, not, I'm not describing something opulent. It was nice, but it was just a. You know, the, the TV was big, and it had laser discs. So, yeah, babysitters. It wasn't hard to get Dude, the babysitters the, over. Yeah. What a, like, man. Yeah, it was a little trap. Oh, what a <laughs> carrot you could offer to the babysitters. And just as further evidence that people asking for God to reveal himself doesn't actually end up working in the end. Like, I can't tell you, as a camp counselor, I had one year, and this year I was just, you have to respond, like, nicely to children even when they say dumb things sure you know so it's like yeah. we we're at this church oh. camp and uh there's this time um after kind of the final night's talk you get to go out and just spend 20 minutes the idea is to spend 20 minutes with your thoughts and 20 minutes with god and and you know this is kind of a decision moment for people and um you know i had these kids who i, I was counseling years ago and uh they're like hey they asked god for a sign god to show up mm-hmm. and like they're like right when i said that and i swear to you two kids said this um, separate, separately, so they weren't playing off each other. Uh, and then right then, a bunny rabbit hopped by me. <laughs> right when they asked God to reveal. And they're like, a, and I asked for a sign, and right then, a bunny rabbit hopped right by me. And I was like, 
Oh, wow. That's uh, so cool. <laughs> and uh, those kids, to my knowledge, those kids are not uh, living lives of, uh, of great faith at this time. I, 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 yeah. So is God in the bunny? Oh, God. Like, so you're like, it's like people ask for a sign, they get it, and, you know, they sort of move on to the next thing. So, right. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, and we have a fun second segment coming up where we promised that we would talk about it. I don't want to say we're going to talk about my other podcast. We're going to talk about the source material for my other podcast. You know what? Let's not, there's no reason to hold it. If you have the book around, grab Ready Player One, the new, soon to be a new major motion picture by Steven Spielberg. Cinematic, whatever he was called. The Cinematic Titan. No, something like that. It's like, that. Uh, like rev- visionary, visionary, cinematic visionary Steven Spielberg. Is making a movie of the book Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. And we're going to just briefly talk about that. Do not snap off the podcast. I swear it will be fun. And um, it's gonna be so good. we're going to do that right after a message from the pastor. <gasps> we'll see you in Mike, a second. Did you see that? <gasps> bunny. A bunny rabbit just hopped right behind you. <laughs> I believe it's true. All right. Well, those jazzy tunes means that it's time for me to make my appeal from the heart. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for all your love and support. A few things you could do for us to help advance the cause of Like Trees Walking. Egg of all, you could uh, subscribe, click subscribe wherever you're listening to this. B of all, you could rate us and review us. Five stars only, please. C of all, you could uh, follow us on social media at Michael J. Nelson, at David underscore Bergy, or visit us on the internet. Follow that series of tubes to the website, liketreeswalkingpod.com. There you can subscribe to our email newsletter. You can find all the other episodes, read our uh, bios. Um, they are wonderfully worth reading. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support, for listening, uh, your encouragement. It means everything to us, and, and we really enjoy doing it with each other. But when we get that feedback from you guys, it, it makes it even better. So thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. We are back. And wow, we had an exciting break there <laughs> where I inadvertently mentioned uh, the mask to the dear pastor. Much to my delight. And man, did that set him up. He looked like Jim Carrey in the mask across the table from me, just uh, doing the impressions. And <laughs> you were very excited by this. I have never seen the mask. Oh, well. Is it, it, is it good? Intro- it introduced the world to Cameron Diaz. I think that was her first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, such a bad movie, but it's so good. Uh, you know, there. if you can go back in time, you can't, but if you could go oh, back... Wait, wait, what? This is new information. <laughs> well, it's actually another pod top. Okay. Time travel. <laughs> All right. Jim Carrey at, like, the the club singing, like, Cuban Pete. Yeah. When I play yeah, my yeah. And, in the, and his head turn... The mask helps his head turn into a wolf's head, and he does a wolf whistle. Oh, oh It's yeah. just... Man, ten-year-old you <laughs> was just filled with loving. glee. Oh. God, what a movie! Well, we're not here to talk about that. No, um, I mean we sort of are because we just did. But well, it's it's very much of what we're going to talk about—a random cultural reference from my childhood. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
if you like collections of them. Uh, so what this is about, let's dispel the mystery. I'm doing another podcast with a, uh, a fellow writer, a friend of mine. He suggested because he knew he, he heard about this book. There were passages of it were passed around on the Internet as being either cool or the dumbest thing you've ever read, depending on your perspective. Uh, it's a book by uh, Ernest Klein called Ready Player One. It's from like 2012, I believe, and is now being made into a major motion picture by Steven Spielberg. It deals with virtual reality and um, a video game that's sort of in the future. 2044 is the date. Is the in, year. In so. the future. And uh, it is a book that we, the podcast is called 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back, the subtitle being a book that we will probably hate. Um, and in fact, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was well, well, I mean, listen to the podcast. We're pretty lighthearted about it. I, I don't hate a lot of things. It's just not, it's not my cup of tea. But Dave, you read it. You, I uh, did. So I saw uh, you were doing this podcast and I... I, I listened to probably like the first three or four episodes because I was not going to spend money to get the book. Sure, sure. Like there is no way in my life that I was going to spend money. So, But you go to the library. You know, so I go to my – Hennepin County has a great library resource. You can put things on hold. And the, even the ebook. I tried to do the ebook so I could get it on my Kindle. Ugh, I think I'm going to have to wait a year before I get that. <laughs> but I was like number – 30 on hold to get this book from uh, from my local library, and it came in, and I was able to read through it. I mean, it's a very easy read in the sense of, like, you can if you're not, you know, reading it closely, you can blow through this thing in, in a day, no problem, two days yeah, tops. I mean, it, it really seems like, uh, it seems like fan fiction, and, you know, some of you out there may not be familiar <laughs> with what fan fiction is, fanfic. Is just where, you know forums where people write other stories based on characters they like, and and because this is just a random sampling of human beings across the globe, fan fiction tends to be not that good. It's not. But when it's I was not, uh, when I was in fourth grade, I remember sitting at my mother's Smith Corona uh, typewriter with the with the computer like little. Are you an early fan ficker? Yes, I wrote. <laughs> uh, can I introduce you to Zodo Baggins? No. Yes, I wrote, wow. I wrote my own Lord of the Rings. Please tell me you have this still. <laughs> no, I, I believe it has been lost to the mists of time. Oh, no. Yeah, like, so. like the uh, shiv that almost killed me in <laughs> yes, our previous yes. episode. But it, and you guys did a great uh, segment called Real Fic or Fanfic, which was very difficult to, you know, where you read a real sentence from the book and two or three sentences of fan fiction that someone had written inspired by the book. And they were almost indistinguishable from one another. Yeah, I think we're running at about uh, 500 on that. Like, it's just, it's coin flip as to which is which, because he has particular ticks and things. But anyway, the, the summation of the book is he's, it, it's 2044, he's, uh, the world is crumbled, he goes into a virtual reality, and the billionaire who created this virtual reality has hidden an Easter egg um, and his entire fortune, which is billions and billions of dollars, um, if you find this Easter egg. But you have to, in order to do it, what do you have to do, Dave? In order to do it, you have to complete like all these quests, basically. You get these three keys, and these three keys unlock three gates. And once you do that, um, at the end, you complete the last challenge, and you'll receive these billions and billions of, dollar, of dollars. But basically, what it boils down to, yes. and, this is, and this is what is just, it's maddening that someone's like yep this is a great plot you're in a virtual reality simulation okay 
the most advanced virtual reality simulation you can think of. Uh, anything is possible. The world is your oyster. Um, you go into this highly advanced virtual reality simulation and play video games from well, the, not only that from the nineteen. You go to yeah, you go to a a pizza parlor uh, video game joint in you know nineteen eighty one which has been recreated, <laughs> and you're wearing a full VR suit. Like, his entire body is covered. It's a hell of a rig. The, it's a hell of a rig. And, <laughs> and you go in, and then, so all sensations can be felt. He, he says you can even feel falling. You can uh, feel rain. Feel, <laughs> it feels like you're being rain. beaten on the head. Feel rain. But, yeah. You have to shave your whole body to play this. Right. Yes. You have to, to put. A, I mean, to put the suit on. It's to, an utterly full sensory experience. Yes, and so it's a goggles that look uh, shine laser projections directly on your retina. So this is very very high tech, and uh, much of the book involves him going back to 1980s pizza parlor video games and playing it, Atari Pac- games, Pac Man. <laughs> yeah, like not even Nintendo games because interestingly, Nintendo makes like makes almost no impression in the book. It's playing Atari games. So very, I mean, you know, four bit video games basically is is what so is what the point is is that you have to know how to be good at Atari games. Yeah, and also have memorized dialogue from a couple movies. <laughs> yes. I mean, so anyway, I don't. This is not an ad for, but if you have read it. I guess in part it's an ad for it. it. An ad. L- listen to the podcast because we have a lot of fun breaking it down, and you don't actually have to read the book if you don't want to. Um, but it's you... very funny, and uh, oh, thank you. it but... is very very funny. Uh, the, there's a, the bits you guys do of <laughs> the, the recreate. Like we found a lost scene. Those are legitimately extremely hilarious. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, glad but, you like it, Bridget. Because <laughs> they're just these, and and it's 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 such a interesting. Uh, that's a Minnesota interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's such an interesting... Bless, like, bless their hearts. Er, like, Ernest wants to have it, like, 18 different ways. So it's a post-apocalyptic America um, where the world has fallen apart, but it's also incredibly highly technical, technologically advanced. And you can, like, order a pizza and get it delivered to you in three seconds. You know, so it's, like, a highly hyper-advanced... Yeah, this is bizarre. <laughs> Mad Max meets, like, Cloud City in, you know, Star Wars. I mean, it's just... Or the Jetsons or something like that. It's it's just this utterly like schizophrenic contrast between you know between these worlds. Um, the characters you don't want to. I mean, I found myself like rooting for some sort of you know death or something to happen. You know, to like like nothing <laughs> like like can't something bad happen to like one of these people? Like, can't he die or the bad guys win? There's no lesson, no moral, no growth. It's just a pastiche of nerd references from the 1980s over and over and over yeah. and over again and the tastemakers of nerd culture lapped this thing up oh like. that's that's the point that was one of the challenges if we were just taking some random book i mean obviously it's a spielberg movie so you got that but uh, this made the 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 best of lists if you look back we we did a little segment on that new york times uh praise Praise, praise from every corner of the globe. But uh, and I think of you know outlets like that consider themselves you know sort of highbrow tech stuff. So boing boing, you know these oh, kind yes. of places that would you know that are are yeah. I would say that they're um, that they they consider themselves a cut above you know a yeah, cut oh, above yes. culturally. Oh, yes, you know that yes. they're very happy with themselves and how they view the world. They just were like they were like 
they could not have praised this. Oh, drooling over this. Oh, and it's so it's utterly astounding then to stop and and really take a critical read of something. We're like, this is bad. Yeah, it is. Now, if that doesn't sizzle the podcast, oh. I don't know what does. But the the point being, if you uh, find any interest in that, in having a lot of laughs over something that people praised and that is a piece of cultural garbage, please go on over to uh, 372 <laughs> pages. We'll never get back with my my coworker, Connor Listoka. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I, I, I recommend it. Um, very fun. Reading the book was was really easy. And it's, uh, it's, I think, for a lot of people, maybe you haven't been... Maybe you haven't closely read a book in a long time or since high school or been a part of a book club, something like that. It's, it's kind of a fun exercise to critically read uh, you know, a work of art, um, loosely defined, or <laughs> right. a, piece of, a piece of culture, um, to actually like, thoughtfully and critically engage in it yourself. Um, because I think the pump was primed for a lot of people to just be like, this, this is so great, and so I have to think it, but let's stop. Yeah. Let's read. Let's, let's think. That's where I think it... it, it it definitely is in harmony with the mission of Like Trees Walking. Yeah, I think it is. It's, we're trying to be thoughtful. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Like Trees Walking. And we hope you'll join us next time. Uh, Dave, any parting thoughts? Smoking! <laughs> oh, no. We'll see you next time on Like Trees Walking.